your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 477 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special treat for you guys. We have Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders teaming up for a special crossover edition here. We're going to be talking about what else the uh, Rangers and Islanders matchup on Wednesday night. Puck drops at 7.30, or at least that's the plan as of now. The Islanders have seven players currently in the COVID protocol, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Gil and I talk about that, as well as several other uh, topics surrounding both the Rangers and the Islanders. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of both Locked On Islanders and Locked On Rangers. Our two teams meet tonight at, for the very first time, actually, at the new UBS Arena. And so we have a special crossover episode. Welcome back to the show, John Chick of Locked On Rangers. John, how are you? Gil, I'm doing great, man. How about you? How's everything over there? Well, other than my team, everything is good. I mean... You know, rough time right now for the Islanders, but the Rangers are looking better right now. Yeah, Rangers are doing well. You know, I, I think uh, early in the season, they really were kind of uh, leaning on Igor Shesterkin a little bit too heavily. I got to believe he's at least in the mix for the Vesna early in the season here. Uh, but it seems like lately they've started to pick it up, started to score goals at the kind of clip that you would expect a team with this much talent to be able to score goals. Uh, so that's obviously a positive development for this team. But Gil, I wanted to ask you about the Islanders, man, because, you know, having the Rangers go up against them eight times last year was a nightmare for me. It just was not a good matchup. I think the Rangers only won two of them. And, you know, there were games where the Islanders largely dominated. And, of course, the Islanders have been to the uh, Eastern Conference finals or semifinals, as it was last year, uh, the last couple of seasons. And I realize this is a really broad, broad question, but, man, what's going on with this team right now? Like, I, I expected them to be at or near the top of this division by this point in the season. Yeah, I did too, and a lot of people did. Actually, before I answer the question, want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders and Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and now that includes YouTube. So uh, definitely check us out. John, you know, a lot of things going wrong with this team right now, and the biggest one is COVID. Uh, Zidane Chara joins the COVID list today. Between covid and injuries, uh, you know, you have both of your top two defensemen, Pelik and Pulak, both out of the lineup. Brock Nelson now going to miss two to four weeks. Uh, you know, Anders Lee is out of the lineup. Now Chara is out of the lineup. Uh, this team is missing a lot of players. And, you know, when when you have six new players on Saturday in your lineup, no Josh Bailey, you know, no Anthony Bavilia. He came back on Sunday. But... Still, uh, just a lot of missing pieces and a lot of players who were struggling even before COVID hit. Uh, this team is is not in sync just yet, even before uh, all these players got sick. And I'm just hoping, and I know we talked about this before we hit the record button, but I'm just hoping they have enough players to play the game tonight. 
Yeah, amen. And it kind of leads me into something else that I wanted to ask you about. I mean, do you think this game even should be played? Because we saw a situation kind of similar to, to this with the Ottawa Senators. They had like nine or 10 players in the COVID protocol, protocol, and they were actually supposed to play the Rangers. And of course, that game was postponed. I got to be honest, man, if the Rangers had like seven players out due to COVID protocol, I'd be banging my fist on the table and saying, you know, call this game off. We'll play it later in the season. Because I mean, that I, I know next man up and all that good stuff. But man, seven players like that's an enormous hurdle for any team to overcome. It, it is. And, and you know, you're, you have basically a third of your team is AHL caliber players. And not to insult those guys, they're professional hockey players. They're skilled people. But, you know, are they the top players that the Islanders organization can put on the ice on a normal basis? No, right now? Yeah. And, you know, part of me would prefer to – to postpone a few games, but part of me is also like, wow, that would create a heck of a backlog later in the season where, you know, you're coming down the stretch and you're going to play what five games in seven nights. That's, that's, I don't know if that's any better to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't think that would be a recipe for success either. And speaking of, you know, scheduling quirks and whatnot, um, you know, the Islanders had to open the season with 13 straight road games, obviously, you know, moving into the new arena and everything, but, um, do you think that that's played a part in the Islanders slow start here? Because I mean, to go that long without playing in front of your home fans and not to mention all the travel, you know, traveling all over the country, traveling all over Canada, whatever it might be. Um, has that kind of hurt them in the early goings here? No question. Uh, and you know, they were off to a pretty good start in, in the first, I think it was uh, nine games of the road trip. They were like five, two and two. And then the bottom fell out and uh, they've now lost six in a row, scored a total of six goals in those six games, and not too many of them have been very close. So, uh, you know, I think toward the end of the road trip, they were getting tired, and because they've been struggling to score goals, you've got, you know, Zach Parise hasn't scored a goal yet this year. Kyle Palmieri has one. I think J.G. Pajot has one goal and maybe four points uh, when, when you've got guys who are struggling to put the puck in the net and the Islanders, as we know, are a defense oriented team to begin with, um, you know, they're squeezing their sticks a little too hard and, and pressing and, and that doesn't help. And then when more guys are unavailable because of injuries and COVID, those guys are trying to do too much and it, and, and it just gets even worse. So it has a, been a little bit of a snowball effect for the Islanders over the last uh, six or seven games. Yeah, you know, it's interesting hearing you describe that because it almost sounds like what the Rangers were doing earlier in the season. You know, they were really struggling to score goals. And a lot of guys, like you said, you know, just gripping the sticks a little too tight, trying to do a little bit too much out there, looking for that perfect play instead of just throwing the puck on the net every now and then. Uh, the silver lining for the Rangers at the time was that Igor Shesterkin was like a human cheat code out there and just would not let the puck get by him. So uh, he really picked them up early. So uh, I can definitely empathize with with what you're going through and what Islander fans are are going through right now, Gil. And, you know, I figure obviously we'll keep talking about this in just a second, but first want to let all of our listeners know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Islanders is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Built Bar is a great option for you when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There is nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. And uh, Gil, while we're talking about this, man, do you have a favorite Built Bar flavor? I just got to throw that question out there for you. <laughs> Salted caramel for me. Uh, okay. Really like that one. You know, you, you, sweet and salty at the same time. I love it. I love it. How about you? That's got to be at least like top four-ish for me. I, I think my favorite, though, is uh, the mint brownie because brownies are awesome to begin with. And, you know, there these you are go. actually kind of healthy. But, uh, yeah, I figure uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get back to the hockey talk here. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the Islanders' inability to score goals recently and, and really for most of the season here. Um, but, you know, second to last in goals scored, third to last in power play efficiency. I was looking at these stats earlier today. Um, is there a belief that once everybody gets healthy, that this team can at least score goals at a good enough clip to kind of get back to the level that they were at in, in previous seasons? Or is this a situation where, you know, sooner or later they need to bring in somebody who's like a sniper, somebody who can just, you know, specializes in, in scoring goals and putting up points? You know, I, I think that eventually they're going to have to do that. Um, just because you look at the guys they brought in, Kyle Palmieri, uh, not the player he was three or four years ago. Zach Parise, not the player he was three or four years ago. Zidane Ochara, uh, on the wrong side of 40, uh, as an athlete. I, I think that this team is balanced if everybody is playing their game, but to get to that next level, to, to get beyond the conference final if they can even make the playoffs this year and 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 to make that long playoff run again you need one player who at least puts fear into opposing coaches and in opposing goaltenders and they don't have that right now Matthew Barzal is a talented player fast skater playmaker but he's not an elite goal scorer he's a good goal scorer but not an elite guy so if you can add a bona fide 30 goal scorer without breaking the cap too much Knowing Lula Amarello, he'll try to make that move closer to the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they do need to add someone if they really want to be dangerous this year. Yeah, I think it's a great point you just made about Barzell. You know, he's almost a little bit miscast as having to be, like, the guy right now on this team. If Barzell's somebody who's, like, your third, maybe fourth biggest scoring threat, then I think you're sitting pretty. But right now... um. You know, he's kind of just the de facto number one guy, especially with Anders Lee missing time and uh, Brock Nelson, to your point, um, you know, just recently getting injured as well. And he's going to be out for two to four weeks, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because with Nelson, uh, he's one of the only guys that was really kind of delivering and, you know, putting up some points for you guys. So, I mean, I think I already know the answer to this, but how much of a loss is that for, for the Islanders right now? It's huge. I mean, look, yeah. they've played two games. Only one player has scored at the UBS arena in an Islanders uniform, and it's Brock Nelson, and he's not even available. So, yeah. you know, it, it. look, this team cannot afford to lose guys who can put the puck in the net because they struggle to do that as it is. So, you know, losing your two or three of your best players, and then you have Palmieri, Pajot, Parise, all kind of struggling right now to put the puck in the net. All of a sudden, you're running out of names. You know, who, who who's left? You got Oliver Wallstrom, who's still young. He can put the puck in the net. Barzal has to press a little bit, and he has been pressing over the last couple of games and not 
producing or playing his best hockey because of that. So it, like I said, it becomes a bit of a snowball effect. And, and right now this team is struggling big time. Yeah, I wanted to also ask you about uh, the Islander goaltending situation because, as we know, you know, Simeon Varlamov has been really good the last couple of years for you guys and uh, our noted Ranger killer for sure. The few opportunities that the Rangers actually create last year, he robs them. Um, but, you know, this year, it looks like Sorokin's off to a really nice start for you guys. Is there maybe a little bit of a changing of the guard right now where, like, okay, well, Varlamov's been great, but, you know, Sorokin, he's our homegrown guy. You know, we drafted him, he's younger. He's kind of uh, the goalie of the future and maybe even of the present as well. I mean, do you see that happening or is, is Varlamov still the guy? I would think right now they're going to sort of split things 50-50. I mean, Varley was out. He missed the first nine games, I think it was, of the season. So he's not even quite back into his full form. I think he's only played a couple of games, maybe three at most at this point. So he's just sort of getting back into the into game shape, so to speak. I think what will happen is they'll mostly split games and then probably when we get to after the Olympic break, they'll start to ride the hot hand. And I think maybe next year is when you'll see Sorokin, if he plays well the rest of the year, establish himself as the one and then, you know, maybe Varlamov is elsewhere next season. Yeah. Um, and something else I wanted to ask you about, you know, obviously the Islanders are scuffling a little bit right now, but is there anybody on the roster that's been, you know, kind of an overachiever, kind of a pleasant surprise for you guys this year, maybe bringing a little bit more to the table than uh, you and other Islander fans might have been expecting? You know, right now, I think it is Oliver Wallstrom. I think he is young, he is developing, uh, but, you know, he's just the kind of player that has such a heavy, hard shot. And, you know, the, the, the skills are there. And once he learns what to do without the puck, I, I think he can definitely be a top line or certainly a, a, a very solid second line and power play guy. He's got five goals in 15 games, uh, no assists yet, but five goals. And uh, anytime he takes a shot, it's, it, it's always harder than it looks. And, and the goalie always struggles to sort of, you know, you could tell it's a heavy shot and it's an accurate shot. And right now I, I think, you know, it's between him and Brock Nelson and Brock Nelson isn't there anymore right now because he's injured. So those would be my two. Yeah, I think for the Rangers, uh, you know, if you asked me this question about a week ago, I probably would have said Sammy Blay, but unfortunately he's now out for the season because P.K. Subban just can't stop slew-footing people. So that's <laughs> obviously unfortunate. Um, but, you know, now I think I would actually say Kevin Rooney. You know, they brought him in as basically expansion draft fodder. You know, they gave him a two-year contract. And, um, you know, he really kind of exceeded expectations last year. Uh, was a healthy scratch early in the season last year. And eventually solidified his spot in the lineup and coming into this season, you know, somebody who's really just done a nice job on the fourth line, somebody who just goes out there, plays his tail off every single night, does a nice job at the penalty kill. And, uh, you know, somebody that I, I think is one over Ranger fans. It took some time because I think at first it was like, who is this guy? Why is he in the lineup? Why aren't we calling up one of our prospects? But uh, this guy plays his tail off every single game and, and a very good defensive forward and somebody that probably even has slightly underrated offensive skill. He does have three goals this year. So uh, capable of putting the puck in the net too. Uh, when the opportunity presents itself. And when that fourth line is on the ice, man, um, there aren't a ton of scoring opportunities, but it feels like they're always in the attacking zone. They always keep the puck there, and that can be very valuable in and of itself. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you, I know in the offseason, one of the things the Rangers wanted to do was get tougher, get more physical. You had a guy like Barclay Goudreau and, and you know, a few other players who were brought in just to to add that grit that had been lacking 
uh, over the last couple of years. How has that been going and has it been effective for the Rangers so far this year? I think it has, because when you look at this Ranger team over the last couple of years, you know, there's obviously talent there. There's scoring ability with guys like Panarin and Zibanejad and Fox and Kreider, and then even the young kids like Lafreniere and Kako, who you're expecting to eventually, you know, take big-time steps forward and become big-time scorers themselves and, you know, stuff the score sheet every single night, all that good stuff. But I do think uh, the toughness was an area that was lacking. And, you know, you mentioned some of those players. Uh, Barclay Goodrow comes over and uh, strong defensive forward, good penalty killer. And can play all three different, um, you know, forward positions, which is really nice as well. Uh, Sammy Blay was doing a really nice job before he got injured. Very physical player. They nicknamed him Sammy the Bull in the locker room. So uh, that's that's an outstanding nickname. Um, and somebody that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if not a ton of your listeners, Gil, have even heard of this guy. Because I had barely heard of him when the Rangers signed him in free agency. Uh, but it's Dryden Hunt. And he Ooh. came over from the Coyotes. And again, it's one of those guys who early in the season, healthy scratch, then he's in the lineup, then he's a healthy scratch, then he's in the lineup, kind of going back and forth, but really played well on that fourth line. This guy fights for the puck along the boards like his life is on the line, man. And he got rewarded in this most recent game that the Rangers played. Uh, they flip-flopped him and Goodrow, and Dryden Hunt jumped from the first line, excuse me, from the fourth line all the way up to the first line. And uh, some of that's born out of necessity. The Rangers are very thin at right wing right now, and, um, you know, that's due to a lot of different reasons, a lot of different guys out of the lineup for various reasons. But um, yeah, it's just cool to see Dryden Hunt really get rewarded for that. And I get the feeling he's going to be out there on that top line once again when the Rangers play the Islanders. And I think he could have a strong game because very physical. He's built for, you know, a Rangers-Islanders matchup, so to speak. How concerned are you about the backup goaltending right now? Because obviously Georgiev has been struggling. Yeah, I mean, it makes me a little nervous. I think one of the biggest issues for Georgiev, well, a couple of things, really. I mean, for starters, he really struggles against the breakaway. It feels like when somebody's going in one-on-one -on -one against him, you can almost put a goal on the board, and I, I hate to be mean about that. And to be fair, he actually came up big uh, in a recent shootout against the Devils. He stopped four of their seven shots, and the Rangers won just this crazy uh, seven-round shootout. So that's really an Achilles heel for him when he's one-on-one -on -one with a shooter. Uh, coming in fast, it, it can really be an issue for him. I think the other thing that he's struggling with is since he's been a Ranger, this is probably as infrequently as he's ever played because, I mean, part of the reason for that is we now know, it's pretty obvious to anybody that watches these Rangers even, even casually, that Igor Shesterkin is the man. The Rangers hoped that he was going to be the franchise goalie, and even though he's been in kind of timeshares the last two seasons, they are treating him very much like a franchise goalie this season. Uh, when in doubt, he's going to be on the ice. And, and Georgiev is mostly just playing, you know, when the Rangers have a back-to-back -back or the odd start every once in a while. So I think the fact that Georgiev, um, you know, doesn't see the ice very often is not working in his favor. Um, so you feel for him there, but at the same time, you know, he is the backup goalie now. It's, it's cut and dry. He is the backup, and it's a role that he's going to have to get used to at some point. Um, I do know if he continues to falter, his name comes up in trade talks every so often. And I mean, granted, his value is probably down a little bit right now, so I don't know if it's the best time to trade him. But uh, the Rangers do have Keith Kincaid in the AHL. He played some games uh, for the Rangers on the NHL roster last season and did pretty well uh, for somebody that had really scuffled in previous seasons. So uh, they do have another option there if, if Georgiev continues to scuffle like he has. Got to ask you about Chris Kreider, 13 goals in 18 games. Uh, we know him as a streaky kind of a player. Do you see something different in his game this year that maybe think makes you think he won't be as streaky, that this is the new Chris Kreider? Yeah, I mean, I feel like with Kreider, I mean, he's been a Ranger for so long. I think this is like his 10th season with the team, you know, somewhere in that range, and he's in the mix to be the next Ranger captain. I, I think the thing that's kind of um, kind of set him apart this season and it's something that he's gotten better at in recent seasons as well, 
he is such a good net front presence. I mean, when the Rangers are on the power play, the Rangers power play at the beginning of the season was awful. They couldn't do anything. And anytime that they scored on the power play, it seemed like it was a Chris Kreider tip in goal. So I said on my show, and I was only half joking, like, forget about like trying to do anything fancy on the power play. Just put the puck at the net and Kreider will maybe tip it home. Cause it seemed like that was the only way that they could score on the man advantage. But yeah, man, I mean, he's out there with a purpose every single night. And of course that Ranger captaincy is, is still up for grabs. Uh, maybe he's hungry for that. Maybe Gerard Gallant has pushed the right buttons with Chris Kreider and gotten the most out of him every night. Cause I mean, that is kind of Gallant's MO that he gets the best out of all of his players, you know, whether you're a superstar or whether you're, you know, a fourth liner who might be a healthy scratch on some nights. So uh, it's hard to put your finger on any one thing, but I'm enjoying it, man. And I just hope that, you know, to your point, um, he's not as streaky this year as he has been in previous seasons. I don't know if anyone can stay this hot for a full 82, but uh, hopefully he can stay in that range at least, you know. We shall see. Yeah. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. So yes, BetOnline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus just for listening to the Locked On Islanders or Locked On Rangers podcast and using the promo code locked on. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So if they play tonight, and I'm hoping that they do, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one to predict. The Rangers have played really well recently, and I realize that the Islanders are going to be down a lot of players. But with that said, you know, it still is Rangers-Islanders, and the Islanders have just had this ability. And granted, they're without, you know, a ton of their players in this one, but they've had this ability. They go in with a game plan against the Rangers, and they seem to kind of dictate terms to the Rangers. So I get the feeling we could be in for another fairly low-scoring game, and I think maybe the Rangers come away with a 3-2 to two win. Igor Shesterkin, I think, is going to be a net for the Rangers. He has not traditionally done all that well against the Islanders. I think he's made five career starts against them. Um, and again, I realize the Islanders are down a lot of players, but I think the Rangers pull one out. And um, for just kind of an off-the-wall prediction, something kind of random, since Dryden Hunt, I was talking about him earlier and how I've been impressed by him, I think he's going to be on the first line. I think he'll end up getting a, a multi-point night for the Rangers, and that's pretty out there. But, that is a uh, bold prediction, I must I'm say. Gonna, I'm going to look like a genius if I get this one, and if I miss it, I miss it. It is what it is. How about <laughs> you, Gil? What do you got to, uh, for this game tonight? You know, I, I think that playing the Rangers will inspire the Islanders a little bit. I know the building will be rocking. Look, you know, the Islanders and Rangers have now played at, obviously, Madison Square Garden, the Nassau Coliseum. Rangers could never win at Barclays Center. I don't know why. They just never seem to do well there. Played once at Yankee Stadium. I was covering that game. It was pretty exciting. So this is a new venue for this rivalry. Uh, I, I think that the the Rangers will bring out the best in the Islanders and the Islanders will get at least one point out of this game. Whether they have the horses to win it, I think they'll at least force overtime and get one point out of this one. 
I could see that. And uh, something else I wanted to ask you about, you know, there's always a chance for fisticuffs anytime these two teams are playing each other. Although I would say last year, you know, by Ranger Islander standards, it was fairly civil compared to what it could be and what it has been in other seasons. But I feel like there could be a fight in this game if for no other reason than just the simple fact that, you know, we know the Islanders are struggling. So maybe somebody, I mean, I don't know who it would be, probably somebody off of that fourth line of yours, um, is just looking to spark the team early and does so by throwing down the gloves with somebody on the Rangers. I mean, do you think that's something that, that could happen or maybe even will happen, is likely to happen? It wouldn't surprise me, especially because when you consider that that fourth line has been struggling also lately. Uh, you know, to see a Matt Martin or a Casey Sezekis drop the gloves wouldn't shock me. You know, a lot of the guys who would otherwise do it, Ross Johnston, he's on the COVID list. Uh, you know, Zdeno Chara now on the COVID list. Uh, a lot of the guys who might otherwise do it aren't available. But I, I think if it's going to happen, you're looking at either Martin or Sezekis. Yeah, there's they're kind of the usual suspects, right? So, uh, yeah, I could definitely see if you want to be in one of them. And, you know, the Rangers, I mean, Ryan Reeves is out there. You know, he's always a candidate. Um, I would have said Blay, but again, Blay's out for the season. Uh, you know, I can see Dryden Hunt maybe throwing down the gloves or, uh, you know, Kevin Rooney, somebody like that. Kreider, every once in a while, you know, he'll, he'll be game for that. So it wouldn't shock me to see at least one fight in this game uh, tonight. Um, one other question that I had for you, though, you know, we talked about the goalie situation for both these teams earlier. Uh, do you have any inkling or any instinct as far as who's going to be in net for, for the Islanders in this one here tonight? I am not sure, but I love the Sorokin-Shesterkin matchup. Those guys are friends off the ice, rivals on the ice, and I think it adds a little spice to the rivalry. Uh, I, I think we'll see that matchup in at least one of these two games this week. Yeah, I do too. And I know that, you know, Alex Georgiev, he's got the good career numbers against the Islanders. I don't think we'll see him in this matchup. They might save him for the next one because uh, in the Rangers' most recent game, uh, they played the Sabres and he gave up four goals in the first two periods and they actually yanked him out during the intermission, put in Igor Shesterkin to kind of take it home. Um, didn't always get a ton of help in that game. The Rangers were, you know, a half step slow in the first two periods, but clearly not a banner night for Georgiev either. So, uh, I think we'll save the uh, Islander killer maybe for the second of the two matchups there. Keep them in reserve, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I uh, want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders and Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. John, I'll, I want to thank you again for doing this crossover episode. You know, the Islanders and the Rangers don't always get along, but you and I always have. So, uh, yeah, that's always pretty a pleasure to do this with you. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure as always, man. Happy to do this anytime that these two teams are playing each other. Absolutely. Also want to wish uh, all Islanders and Rangers fans a very happy and a healthy Thanksgiving. And we'll be back uh I will be doing a show on Thursday to to recap this game and, and give my t key takeaways from it. Uh, when will you be back? Still kind of figuring that out, but I think that uh, there's a good chance that we'll have an episode Friday at the latest. And I, there might be a Saturday episode in place of Thanksgiving this week. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'll definitely keep everybody updated. All right, once again, a big, big thanks to Mr. Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders for teaming up for this special crossover edition here. Huge thanks to you guys as well for checking out the Locked on New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. Uh, we will be back 
in the next couple of days. We might do a Thanksgiving episode or it might wait to come out on Friday, but uh, my goal right now is to get to five episodes by the end of the week. That might include a Saturday episode. It's all very much touch and go right now, uh, but uh, yeah, that is the plan right now to still do five episodes despite the holiday. But once again, thank you guys as always for tuning into the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.